Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, host of Watching Thrones. To watch this episode live and get to call in and chat with us about Game of Thrones, sign up today for a free trial membership at ScreenJunkies.com. Screen Junkies, welcome back to Watching Thrones as we're continuing to break down Game of Thrones. I'm Ken Napsack. And I'm Michelle Boyd. And we are on to season four already. That is right. Already. <laughs> it seems like we've been in Westeros for a very, very long time, and I don't want to leave for one. Uh, as you know, HBO season six of Game of Thrones begins on April 24th and starting April 25th. You'll be able to watch live as we break down, react, and analyze the show live here on Screen Junkies Plus and in a podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get to enjoy us, enjoy us in many fun ways in different formats. And with us, as always, for this adventure is Spencer Gilbert hanging in there. How yeah, you doing, better sir? seen and not heard, or heard and not seen. <laughs> one of the two. Uh, happy to be here. I had a question for uh, for you guys. Who here has their own HBO Go password? I do. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. Nope. I'm the uh, access point for a lot of different. Yeah. Are we all? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's only one in the world. Yeah, those are, <laughs> there's only one. Let's I, celebrate those true unsung heroes. Someone, <laughs> someone asked for me uh, asked for my password recently, and I just text back. You know, they have HBO now. Sure. So, I don't know. But, hey, uh, they're the real heroes. But Spencer, I'll share mine with you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, Spencer's always, uh, you know, one of the hosts here in Screen Checkers Plus, who doesn't hold up, and writer of Honest Trailers, but he loves Game of Thrones with us, and he's been great on this adventure. Joining us now is a special guest, Kyle Maddock, the host of a great podcast called The Podcast of Ice and Fire. Mm. I certainly hope it's about Game of Thrones. Uh, well, you know, uh, if we want to get technical, it's about the books. But yes, uh, occasionally True. for 10 weeks out of the year, we do talk about yeah. Game of Thrones. That's great. So you dive you dive on into the literature. We do, yes. And up until this past, and up until... Uh, Season five, we were spoiler filled, so I can actually tell people to listen to it now. It's very nice. Well, That's let's great. Start there, then going into season six, Kyle. Like I'm a book reader, book reader, book reader, book reader. Everyone's oh, a book reader. Hey. You get a book. You get a book. You get a book. As we know, we try to not the show. This show, I should say, is about the TV show, sure. but the books will come up from time to time. But all right, as a book reader, let's start this conversation for all of us. But uh -oh. with you first, Kyle. Season six does it have us a little scared, worried, excited? Because we don't really know. I think it's a little bit of all of that rolled into one. It's, yeah. it's very scary. What's going to happen? I mean, I feel like I'm a new viewer here. <laughs> but it's also exciting at the same time because this is a story that we've been waiting on George to write for so long, and the creators certainly do know a tidbit of information here and there, yeah. and to see uh, where it's going to go is, is pretty exciting. Putting it together. Spencer? I wonder. I mean, I wish uh, I had the self-control to not watch the show long enough for him to finish at least the sixth book. But... You know, it's a mixed bag of what uh, Benoff and Weiss have done uh, outside of the books and the choices they've made. Some of them good, some of them a little dicey. So yeah. it's it's like you said, it's mixed feelings. Absolutely, Michelle. Where yeah, are you? Same. Uh, granted, there's going to be a couple storylines that they've sort of advanced to in the books, but yeah, for the most part. I mean, for instance, like the Greyjoys. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's definitely going to be things that we have no idea what's coming. So we're just gonna look forward to a lot of reaction videos that people are making in the. 
dark, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have the secret camera shots anymore of people no reacting to the no. Red Wedding or what. Some of the things that happen in season four, which again is what we're breaking down here. As always, you can join the conversation with us on Twitter using the hashtag WatchingThrones or some of the other hashtags that we've created here recently, like Seaman Demon, which is uh, Spencer's <laughs> greatest creation what ever. What did I walk into? Welcome, from, <laughs> from, uh, of course, Melisandre's spawn with Stannis. Um, so, uh, guys, let's dive right in. Let's fly by the seat of our pants. This season, season four, is uh, full of a lot of big moments and big things. This was the last season that I've been cramming on in my pre-season marathoning of the DVDs, Blu-rays, and whatnot. And I would mouth drop like, oh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, there's so much. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. Um, so much in this season. So we're going to dive right in, and, and we're going to go with the Sins of the Starks, a segment we always like to start out with because the Starks, we love them. But, Kyle, these Starks, some kind, sometimes they're their own worst enemy. So there were some mistakes this season. One of them might be, you might consider uh, Jon Snow. Uh, he's north of the Wall, and he lets this new guy, Locke, come with him. <laughs> you know, it didn't, pay, it didn't turn into a huge mistake, but that's kind of a sample of a mistake. Any mistakes that you see in this season, uh, Kyle, that stand out to you? Mistakes, huh? Well, uh, I, I feel like Daenerys is a whole is a whole whirlwind of possible mistakes. Uh, true, I'm but sure. in the Stark clan itself. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Stark. Sins of the Starks. <laughs> no, my no, apologies. No, no, you um, could. Trust me, she's got go. a lot of sins this season. <laughs> she, she sins a lot. The Starks themselves. Well, um, there is that moment where Bran and Jon are so close to each other, and yeah. should they have said something to one another? Was that a mistake? The, I, I think. <sighs> That's the question. Is it a mistake? Michelle's a mistake? They're so close. They're a Craster's Keep. The Night's Watch is fighting the mutineers. Bran's watching. He's seeing John. Should he have shouted? I don't think so. I mean, is it really going to help his mission? I don't think it would have helped either one of them, personally. Like, you know, Bran has his thing. He's going to go see the Three-Eyed Raven. At the moment, he's just trying to get away from the mutineers. And John, I think it would have distracted him from what his particular mission up there was too so I mean mm-hmm. would it really have done any good if, if the brothers had actually seen each other no granted John thinks Bran is dead mm-hmm. but so right. I mean right. does that really count does that really matter I mean, right. just from a yeah. narrative perspective, it would have completely halted the momentum of both of their stories. Yeah. If John is like, wait, so what are you doing? He's like, well, I had this vision. I'm going to this tree, and I'm hanging out with this guy. He'd be like, what? No, you aren't. You, you have here. four seasons worth of time for yeah. me to like catch you up here? Right. Yeah. It would have just halted the whole show. So I think that maybe behind the scenes they were thinking there's no reason for them. It's more poignant if they're just barely missing each other. Right. So yeah. Jojen's kind of the writer in the writer's room going, nope, don't, nope, nope. you got to go. No, hold on. You got to go. Now, one of the things is we get further along, there's less sins of the Starks to talk about because there's just simply fewer less Starks. Fewer Starks. <laughs> Sansa, though, I think she fewer. was... Fewer. Fewer? Fewer. Fewer. What are you, a Stannis? <laughs> Thank you. You're a grammatical Stannis. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sansa, though, I don't think she makes a lot of mistakes this season. This is kind of her rise. It's a blossoming. Mm. Right? Yeah. She's playing the game now. At the beginning of the season, maybe not so much. We'll talk about the, the purple wedding, but then let's flash a little bit to the end with Sansa. Uh, do you think she's mistake-free in this season, especially towards the end, Kyle? Sansa? Yeah. Um, no, you know what? No glaring mistake shot at me about yeah. her. I think she she was kind of going for the ride at the beginning, and then she decided to play the game a little bit, like you just said. Yeah. Uh, there came a point later on where she made a choice to defend Peter, and it, she went for it. And I think she's right. I think she made a good choice. She's she's learning to play the game. Everybody's a, a part of this world, and they got to learn how to live in it, and that's the lesson she's learning. 
the black dress Sansa. Yes. Yeah. Maybe look both ways before making out. You know, check left, check right, <laughs> then go in. Uh, I'm sure the veil has closets, just like everyone else. You can you can pull them in there. You don't have to make out in the snowfield. Uh, yeah, true, true. And 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 I loved this season the return of Robin. Ah, uh, uh, Robin. 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 Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's dive into the first big thing of the season. Uh, our segment here is going to be called hashtag RIP King Joffrey. Mm. Um, and uh, just rest in poison. Rest in poison. Rest in pigeon pie. I was so sad. Michelle, let's just dive into the purple wedding here and mm. what brought us to the purple wedding so far, which is the, the marriage of Marjorie to Joffrey. Mm-hmm. I love this. Uh, and I love that it shows all of the kind of machinations going on behind the scenes. Obviously, this uh, got kind of designed by Olena Tyrell, unwittingly pulling Sansa into this, which was awesome. Uh, you got basically like, okay, remember last season when they were asking about Joffrey and being like, okay, this is how are we going to handle this? Okay, this is how we're going to handle this. Got it. Uh, plays right into Littlefinger's hands. He's able to spirit away Sansa. Um, and also, I wonder, like, Obviously, it was still going to happen, but everything that Joffrey did in the wedding really made you root for that moment. <laughs> I just the the battle of the five kings alone yeah. was such a uh, ridiculous the, moment. You're talking and about just, when he put on the so uh, painful the little person's production of mm-hmm. War of the Five Kings, which yep. was uh, so uncomfortable to watch, even at storyline and just even and well, life. I mean, I watched it like for, twenty times. There's so much going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough for Tyrion, but for everyone else, like they don't have cable, they don't have HBO code. This is like. <laughs> High entertainment is seeing tiny people acting out <laughs> recent history. Do you think some of them were like, oh, Gotta hear both sides. I think that, <laughs> you know, that maybe this was like a fun time for everyone else at the expense of Tyrion. This is the small folks' Ren Fair. This right. is it. Yeah, like, this for is real, it. For I don't real. know. They didn't look like they were having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody we could see anyway. Guys, let's just dive into the Purple Wedding here and ask this big question. Was this the death that we... We we wanted Joffrey's death early on, but was this was did this suffice for you guys? Did this work? Did you want more? Did you want him to die more painfully, gruesome? Hmm. Was it, did the death fulfill your wish? I think it was Joffrey's it death? was age appropriate. You know, I, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, he's <laughs> still enough. a teenager, right? Yeah. You don't want to see him get his insides pulled out and wrapped around his neck or something like that. I think poison was a it was it looked painful. There was blood <laughs> coming out of, his, out of orifices. It was it looked painful enough. It, it satisfied me. Okay, fair enough, Michelle. I kind of wish that Sansa had more to do with it. I know that she mm. indirectly mm. did, but she didn't really choose to have anything to do with the death. And considering all the torture and psychological sadism she'd been enduring under his hands, I would have liked it a little bit more if she could have gotten a little bit more come up and against him. But I, I'm getting that that this is kind of her storyline and her arc, and she's not quite there yet. And you know, just saying, Ramsay's still alive, guys. So <laughs> let's go, Sansa. Let's do this. So you would have rather had Sansa. Some bolts on a, on a little arrow there, a little little little. little yeah, they could have given her a line of like yeah. the Starks and the regards. Something, something. <laughs> yes. Kyle, for you, Joffrey, is this worth it? Uh, I don't think any death could have been gruesome enough to satisfy. <laughs> Fair enough. The pure hatred of Joffrey. <laughs> Age be damned. <laughs> Age be damned. Yeah, who Pulls cares? It just does do horrible things. If a random tractor showed up in Game of Thrones and ran him <laughs> over, I still would have been fine with it. <laughs> Did you guys like the murder mystery, as we call it here, the Agatha Christie uh, angle on the murder mystery here that uh, Lon and I were discussing and prepping the show of? of uh, did that add another layer to you that enjoyed, like, oh, like he's dead, but who done it? Like, fun. 
Did you like that? Is it one too many storylines? I liked it, but I think that you, um, you know, in this day and age, you have to just stay off the internet because, of course, yeah. I look afterwards and they're like, oh, if you take it frame by frame, uh, Oleana goes over to this necklace and <laughs> this frame it's here and this frame it's gone. She did it. Uh, you had yeah. visual proof like the night after, but that's my own fault for checking. <laughs> that's well, that's my own fault for reading the book. Yes. I mean, yeah. we just, we kind of knew what had happened yeah. because of the book. And I do, I do miss those moments when I'm watching the show because they do handle them very well. And I mean, even knowing how they did the poison with the necklace I was and I was watching the whole time I was just like oh oh is that is that when it did it mm. okay I think that's when it did it all right well, um, you're, you're gonna get that excitement back in season six I have no idea so that's why I'm really looking forward to it I was in the same boat I believe the TV was about this far away from my face. I'm like all right I know this is gonna happen where's it when's the move when's the move was that it was that it that's yeah. it but I did like the setup I liked how they kind of laid it out everybody yeah. mm -hmm. and then uh, in the following scene or whatever we find out about red viper so everybody's got their motives and whatnot. yeah mm -hmm. yeah you talk about the red viper and, and this we're gonna definitely get into Oberon because this is very much Oberon's season it is his moment to shine Pedro Pascal does an amazing job. But one of my favorite scenes in this season is at the wedding where you got Cersei and the former Queen Regent and Tywin <laughs> and Alaris and Oberyn and that little the barbs going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. That's when I love the show. Yeah, Kicking it's in. like an episode of Wildin' Out or so. They're just all throwing these thinly veiled Yo Mama jokes at each other. <laughs> so, uh, it's great. And the smug look on their face. Joffrey dies, and of course, uh, the first thing uh, that happens is everyone points a finger, Joffrey quite literally, at, at Tyrion. Standing there, uh, you got Dantos, uh, the fool, everyone's favorite drunk knight turned fool, uh, spiriting Sansa off. Uh, could, could Tyrion have avoided his fate by maybe throwing down that goblet sooner and running or just standing there going, oh, hi. What do you think about Tyrion and his, uh, his place in the wedding? Should he have left earlier? I mean, yes, but... Should he have never gone? Yeah, yeah, maybe everyone had it out for him in the beginning. I mean, Oleana was smart. She's the last person you ever expect. She's old. She doesn't even have nimble enough fingers, and Tyrion is, has his hands all over the wine. Uh, it was a perfect setup. Do you yeah. think they did that on purpose, that they, they really did plan that to frame Tyrion all along, or was it just kind of a happy accident when Cersei just pointed at him and went crazy? I think it's a happy accident. I, I have to okay. agree. I kind of I kind of felt that way, too. Yeah. Did, um... Like, oh, yeah, you'll take the blame. Cool. <laughs> okay, perfect. Do you think that Tyrells could be that... Do they dislike Tyrion that much? I don't think it's a question of disliking Tyrion that much. I think it's a question of him being the easiest scapegoat. Right. And One less Lannister. That's their rivals exactly. at court. Yep. So could, could Tyrion be then a little responsible for his own doom here, or potential doom, because he was so vocal, the slapping of Joffrey early on. Everyone was very aware uh, that they didn't get along. Hmm. Is that maybe Tyrion... His hubris early on with, with Joffrey coming back to bite him, or is it just yes in the in the very broad sense that he might have known that someone would want to kill this little shit. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe in that sense, uh, yeah. he would be a suspect. You kind of got to think of those things, right? Yeah, and you're right because it's a wedding. Everyone dies at their own wedding, and <laughs> so he might have seen something coming. <laughs> I just don't know how he would have avoided it. Mm -hmm. We we saw all the scenes with Tyrion and Joffrey, and the way he reacted. I I, I don't know what more self control could you possibly have to not do some of those things. Right. And everybody saw it. Even if even if he never slapped him, everyone would still see the horrible comments and know that he had this this motive. Yeah. Right. 
I want to come back to the Red Viper and a lot of stuff that came out of this wedding. This this basically launches the Westeros version of the trial of the century. We'll kind of come back to that. <laughs> um, so let's let's maybe jump over to uh, to Daenerys and some of the other characters there. Uh, in a segment, we're going to start off by calling it "Sitting on the Dock of Slavers Bay." Uh, <laughs> Otis Redding, be damned. Uh, um, so Daenerys, uh, where, where is she on this journey so far? Michelle, take us through as best we can, summarizing her story. Oh man, uh, <laughs> oh she's Daenerys. Don't, don't take too much joy out of this. Oh, she's just, I just feel bad. This, unfortunately for her, was sort of her first kind of true test of being a leader, and Mm -hmm. she is failing miserably. And I'm not even really sure it's all her fault. It's just she's coming into a land where she is decimating the way that a lot of them make money and kind of their basic way of life. So she had to expect some blowback. She wasn't going to, you know, expect to be Misa and glory forever. But how she's handling it is really difficult because it's it's going to be kind of a test of how she handles leadership in Westeros, and she's just not doing too well. Right. So she's going into Marine. She's 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 done well in Astapor and Yunkai. She's got her on solid. She's feeling kind of chuffed. We talked about this last episode. Is uh, acquiring the the Unsullied is kind of her peak in a way, and 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 she's it's a fist pump moment. She's heading on out, and then she starts running into these problems. But but Kyle, she hits Marine. With good intentions, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where does it go wrong, or does it go wrong in your eyes? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, where does it go wrong? Let's see. I'm trying to think of the, the specific moment where, where stuff it, really hits the fan. I guess I guess when she frees it and she nails, she crucifies all the masters. That might be a good point, because she shows up in a great way. She launches the trebuchets, launch the cases with the freed other uh, callers of the other slaves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty dramatic entrance. But th- Definitely. This is just a losing battle overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like this is like Mideast policy. It's like, you break it, you buy it. She, sure, she chopped off the head <laughs> of, of the ruling class there, but if she's not going to stick around, and if her destiny's over in Westeros, it's never, she's never going to change the status quo. Yeah. Unless she had a long-term plan for changing things. This was all stupid from the get-go. Yeah, Daenerys but, over here is just like the least important thing happening in the show. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's kind of like a holding pattern at this point, being just like, all right, your dragons are growing, you're Yes, unsullied dicks are not growing back. It's, that's pretty much it. That's all that's really happening in Marine right now. Yeah. And there's cool, you know guys in masks running around. Absolutely. But she realizes that. I mean, there's a point yeah. in the show where she says, you know, if I can't rule here, why am I going to head over to Westeros and try to rule that? I will, I will do what yeah. I'm supposed to. I will rule. But that's a good point. She, do, do you give her credit at all, Spencer, for well, trying to learn? Sure, but we don't need to watch that. They can brand her out of the season and just be like, uh, and meanwhile, Daenerys is off taking practice wings over Nessos, <laughs> and then we'll get back to her in season five. We didn't need to watch all that. Yeah. Um, I, I understand, and I kind of agree. This is where, again, in her as a character, she's never one of my favorite characters because I'm always a little disappointed in where she goes. She started yeah. so strong. That season one arc is great, and her overall arc is great, but I hit uh, when it hits Marine, uh, I get a little frustrated with her. Screeching, screeching halt. Screeching, and the thing yeah. is, like, it is going to be different when she hits West, uh, Westeros because... Slaver's Bay, it's Slaver's Bay. That's yeah. that's literally what it's known for. You're not going to abolish its main way of life and expect everything to be <laughs> hunky-dory. Like, versus when you go over to Westeros, eh, they seem to be okay with being conquered. They're, yeah. They they, they seem to be uh, all right with like it. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're okay. So. Cool. It's like, hey, you're our leader now. Cool. We got it. <laughs> Sit cool. on your chair. You are? Awesome. You do your thing. Kyle, shouldn't have Daenerys kind of seen that her dragons were going to go awry? 
Can't you imagine at some point mm. thinking, well, eventually they're going to get big and I might not be able to control them. Yeah, there is no scene in there where she's like, you know, my dragons might need to eat at some point. I should probably <laughs> feed them, you know, open up a fast food place around Marine or <laughs> yeah. something to make sure they're fed. And when she shows up with the, the eaten lamb or goat or whatever it was, she's like, oh, surprise, an animal needs to eat. Oh, gosh, I thought ruling was a problem. Feeding my pets is a problem, too. There, there is a, a moment for me, uh, and Spencer, I, I don't want to say you're rooting against Daenerys, but I get a feeling that she's not one of your favorite characters. She's not either. one of my favorites. I think that uh, she's got the Game of Thrones equivalent of a cheat code, which is dragons, which kind of makes anything <laughs> she has to say as a ruler unnecessary because at the end yeah. of the day, she can fly and you can't. Um, and yeah. so that makes her a little less compelling to me, or a little unearned, uh, whereas the people who have fought their way to the top through grit and determination, she's got a good family name and a giant nuclear warhead she gets to fly on top of. Got so that. I'm rooting against her. You want Aegon the Conqueror? That, if it was good enough for him, sir. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's good enough for Daenerys. Maybe. But uh, let me ask you this question there. Um, I, am I sick for liking this moment when Hisdar shows up and he's like, hey, uh, oh, you met my father. You killed him. And there's a look on her face like, uh-oh. Oh, and again, crap. you talk about that, Kyle. Like, uh oh, that might have been her first mistake. Is 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 uh, as as Barristan warned against her. You know, two wrongs don't make a right here, kid. Yep. Um, I kind of enjoy that moment where she's like, uh oh, gulp. Sure. Am I wrong? Am I sick, Kyle? Uh, no, I, I just maybe just a little. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a a true moment because everyone who detested her doing the actual crucifixion when he mm -hmm. comes in and she gets her comeuppance for that in a certain way, yeah. uh, you feel that little vindication, and I right. I don't think that's too twisted. Okay. I kind yeah. of enjoyed the crucifixion, just FYI. Yeah, well, that's another discussion. I kind of okay. liked it. Slavers, forget it. They, like they killed children, and there was that many children. It was that many kids that they are, strung up. I'm all right. I'm on board are, with this. You guys are sounding like regular Stannises. <laughs> I kind of like that. Eye uh, for an eye, kicks ass. Before we wrap Ooh. up our uh, looking at, at Marine here, I got to talk about my boy Jorah. Gets <laughs> banished. Gets caught. Gets confronted with his past. Cut. This Gets snitching. sent to a literal friend zone. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Khaleesi, don't call me that. And it's also another painful moment. I talked about the, the, the painful moment in season three where uh, he's got blood on his face and she's asking where Dario is. The moment where Dario's coming down the stairs getting dressed in the morning and Jorah oh. walks up and he's like, well, she's in a good mood, wink. <laughs> and then he gets tossed out. Is Danny justified? I get she might be, but... Do you have any sympathy for Jorah at this point? No. <laughs> F this guy. He doesn't deserve to sleep with Daenerys just because he's, he's, he's been betraying her for a whole long time. This is like, I don't see what he's done that's so great. But he stopped at one point, sir. He stopped at one point. He stopped at one point. Whatever, man. You, 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 you snitched on me when I was coming up when I was at my most vulnerable. So why would I keep you around? Okay. He for made sure. his bed. I'm totally on board with Dario's this. Dario's gonna lay in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he made the bed. Dario's jumping in. Yeah, yeah completely. There you, sir. Honestly, I mean, he, she banished him. She could have killed him. True. She, didn't. she has some. Yeah. And maybe some redemption comes later, but not that poor guy's curse. I can't see clearly the forest for the trees on this one here. Jorah's my guy. I understand what you're saying, Spencer. Wipe the hearts out of your eyes. Hard, you pick the worst characters. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jorah, Jorah Davos, Stannis. Stannis. These Jorah. are great characters. Jorah's a likable guy. Yeah. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm a half with you on this one. Here you go. Okay. I got one foot But on you still think he should have been banished, a right? Spy, I think a my head burn. says yes, my heart says no. Uh, 
Spencer, I know you, you're not a huge fan of this Daenerys storyline. Uh, we, we, we don't need to talk about Bran yet, but I know you're a fan of the Arya storyline. The Arya, oh, sure, yeah. The, uh, the Wolf and the Hound uh, sitcom in a show here yes. and their adventures. It starts with the bang, with uh, uh, the death of uh, Polliver, who uh, came back, and Needle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's dive into this, man. I mean, this was just such a fun uh, and different storyline than the rest of the Game of Thrones thing we've been following because we got like a sassy teen girl's perspective <laughs> with like this total badass. It reminds me of like Deadpool and Negasonic Teenage yeah. Warhead. Where it's just like oh, it's reference. just like this this salty old man uh, who's like really crude too. It's basically like the worst best influence possible on her. Uh, yeah. it, it's he's a terrible influence, but that's who she's going to need to learn from uh, if she's going to survive. That's a great point, Kyle. I, what do you think the most important thing that Arya learns? from the Hound during the sequences of events. Arya learns from the Hound. Yeah, what's the most, like, is there a lesson? Because she learned something from Tywin in season two. She learned stuff from Syria, obviously, in season one. The Hound's teaching her something, right? I mean, stand up for yourself, I guess. She's been learning all along that it's such a rough world that they live in. Right. But to fight back, stand up for yourself and be like, either they're going to kill me, I'm going to kill them. Let's, let's do this. this. This seems to be the world I live in. Michelle. Gift of mercy. Interesting. Too. I like, uh, as in the Hound and Arya's version of Mercy. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. Obviously. Uh, a little more brutal. Uh, yeah, slightly. <laughs> uh, I like I like that she kind of learned from that, that the a little bit more of the pragmatism when it comes to killing people. She's well on her way to being my favorite little assassin. Okay, and yeah. I know you like the faceless men, and again, I'm going to keep my uh, long claw letter opener away from you. Um, <laughs> is Arya, I mean, I get she's a little tomboy, she likes to kill. Is there a bloodlust there? Is she becoming a great big warrior or is the show saying careful she might be a psychopath it's not bloodlust i think it's it's okay. it's vengeance and there's a difference um she you know her whole family has been wronged her whole life has been kind of taken out of her hands she mm -hmm. is fighting back the only way that she can and she's seeking vengeance on those who have wronged her and her family and have torn her family apart and you know i i don't think she particularly enjoys killing yet it's more I feel like and the way that Maisie Williams plays it is very well it's more like it's, this is kind of what needs to be done in order to set mm. order back into the world hmm yeah, um, psychopath Spencer. I think she's uh, about to go full psycho. Uh, mm. The seeds are being planted because to I know she's gonna she buried a needle right before she went yes. into the faceless men. So she's gonna hold on to some tiny piece of herself. But to become a faceless assassin, you have to lose all identity and have like zero respect for human life and just stab, stab, stab. So that's where she's headed. Yeah, yeah. she's and, just, yeah, she's this kind of un, unrestricted psychopath in the making right now, and I believe the faceless men are gonna sort of direct that mm -hmm. psychopathic energy, energy yes, <laughs> in, a, in a, a useful direction to make some money. So Brian and Pod are tooling around the countryside, and they kind of run in, into each other. And uh, there's one of the best fights ever: Brian versus the Hound. Mm -hmm. We can have a separate conversation about Brian of Tarth, but I want to jump to this as we talk about this storyline. Guys, gal, is the Hound dead? No. No. Unless you see him get uh, finished off, uh, they left it open. And she sometimes left, even then. She left him dying, but, um, you know, you could say, you, I can totally see them flashing back to how he uh, gets his gets himself back up. Sure, sure. I, I definitely agree, and I, I, that means Stannis might be still alive, right, Michelle? No. Nope. Okay. Oh, whoa, you saw Oh, the You saw the sword go into him, right? Yeah, no, no. You no? didn't. Brand you did just it was take, just a downward just stroke. A downward, oh, well, okay. I don't know. It was <laughs> just that could be 
anything. <laughs> but really no, I'm pretty sure. There. Pretty sure on, dead, but I, I don't believe the hound is dead. Don't believe oh, the hound is dead. I, I don't think he's dead either. But are we going to see him on the show again? Mm. I also sure. I think he's alive, but I don't think we're going to see him again. I think we'll ever see him again, huh? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, no Septon coming in talking about uh, any grave diggers. Huh? No, 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 no grave digger. We no. don't know. <laughs> I don't we can know. play our one book card per show, that's which it. is that uh, there's a fan theory, but it's more or less uh, there's some indications that the hound is still alive, uh, digging mm. graves out in a uh, yeah. church. There's also indications like from Ian McShane, place. so there's yeah. that too. Spoilers, McShane. Yeah. Yep. Swergeon. <laughs> it was a great, but it was a great fight between him and Brienne. They go all out, beating the crap out of each Ooh, other, yeah, yeah. Uh, kicking things that should not be kicked, yeah. and uh, going over cliffs. It was amazing. It was great, great, it was fight. A great fight, great, it was great a brutal fight. fight. I was hoping when when she got cast as uh, Captain Phasma, and Star, I was like, I was hoping we were going to get that type of battle. Oh. Second, second, no. second movie. I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah, yeah. fighting off Yoda's air. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh! Uh, she, she crawls out of the garbage and then just kick, gets kicked right back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep teasing you. I love the storytelling during the season two of the Brothers Clegane because you got Sandor uh, and, and you got Gregor the Mountain and they kind of all of a sudden hey, they're both dead at the same time mm. allegedly it's a great or are, they? or are they you know allegedly. we'll talk about uh, Franken Mountain uh, <laughs> in season five in, in season five uh, all right a little little bit of time on Bran um, uh, he gets there <laughs> uh, Skip next it. yeah I, I understand it. I you know what yeah. yeah, but uh, um, uh, he finally gets free we'll go to the end he gets to that uh, when he finds the the children of the forest and this was the point I remember watching. It's like if you're not, if you're on the verge of you kind of like the show, but the magic doesn't grab you. I knew that the arrival, the impending arrival of the Children of the Forest and the Three-Eyed Raven and all this stuff might turn some people off. Is this the moment with like the Jason and the Argonaut skeletons <laughs> and they're like throwing is. fireballs at each it's other? It is. And we're <laughs> jumping to the end. She, <laughs> and to summarize, of course, he's been traveling with the Reeds, Mira and Jojen, and, and Michelle uh, Hoarder's with them as well, right? Yes, yes, he is still. So they get up to the tree. And, and <laughs> the human Pokemon. <laughs> the human Pokemon, still as he calls it. Hashtag human Pokemon. <laughs> when he gets to that moment and the children, the, the, the little Children of the the forest comes out, the child of the forest, I should say. I mean, Spencer, I, I'm curious of what your reaction was. Well, I knew it was coming, and it, again, it's not my favorite part of the books, uh, and I'd heard that he was going away for a while, so I was excited to, to, have, this, to have this wrapped up. Um, and it just, that's not my thats not my Game of Thrones. My Game sure. of Thrones is about human beings dealing with very human problems, and this was two Dungeons and Dragons for me. It's not why mm. I love this show. Do you think, uh, and I put it to all you here, is Bran maybe in the end the most powerful person in Westeros that were in Essos in the whole story? Does he ascend to that or does he just meld into a tree? I think he is potentially the, the most powerful mm -hmm. person, mm. character in this. He, he's turning into this, uh, I, I believe, some sort of omniscient creature where he's going to be able to, to look at, know about, possibly influence things that are going on in this realm. Uh, we get the guy in the tree. He mm. says that he saw it when he left. He saw it when Jojen and Mira left. He knew all these things were happening. So if Bran is ascending to that, um, that omniscient power is really going to be something powerful. Watching you with a thousand eyes and one, uh, Brendan Rivers, the three-eyed raven, when he talks to Bran in that moment mm -hmm. and says, oh, you will fly. 
What do you yeah, think? You'll that never is? walk, but you will fly. I'd be like, well, that's a freaking cop out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Can I glide can really I, close I, to the I, no. I just want to walk. <laughs> I, I don't know. And until Bran starts hurling fireballs and actually like having people in his visions be able to hear him, right? Cool. He's a silent watcher, and that's great and all. Um, you know, and it definitely is interesting to me, but. As far as power is concerned, I mean, what's he really going to do with it? What's the Three-Eyed Raven done with it so far? So, you know, hasn't hasn't really protected the Starks so well thus far, so... He just slowly melded it in the tree, and he's peeping on it. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's more creepy yeah. than it is yeah. powerful. But, but we don't know. You, you, you're assuming he was he was uh, rooting for the Starks on that, but maybe he's been helping somebody Targaryen, else yeah, out. Exactly. We don't yeah, know. That's true. Um, but I think he's got to be building to something. I'll give him some credit that George R. R. Martin wouldn't spend that much time on a side character if it didn't pay off later. Right. They, we spend a lot of time with Bran, and he's separate from everybody else. So right. surely that will come back around at some Clearly. point. Mm. Clearly. Clearly. Right. Or we're being punked. One of the things <laughs> that happens. Like, he spends a lot of time on <laughs> random characters, though. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Oh, Hot Pie might oh, be the nimble ruler. Dick. Oh, Nimble Dick. Hot Pie, best part of season yeah. four. Hot pie. Guys, do not forget the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget Hot Pie. If I leave you guys with anything, it's <laughs> that. Never, Never forget the gravy. Hot Pie for the Iron Throne. One yes. other thing that comes in uh, season four, North of the Wall, since we're kind of talking about that time period is is this guy in front of us here. It's our first real appearance of, of uh, the Night King, or as I like to say, the Night's King, which is why I'm familiar with him. Um, that was completely out of left field for anyone if you've read the books, and if you watch the show, probably even more out of left field, because you, you might not know a lot of the backstory. Reactions to the, the, the baby from Craster, the last uh, son of Craster being taken out to the lands of Always Winter, uh, and being anointed and turned into uh, a, a walker or white. Walker baby. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's cool that they gave a face to this previously faceless army, and yeah. it, it it's grounds for a lot of speculation. He he looks cool in the show. They pulled yeah. off the effect very nicely. I hope he's not just like another blue evil Marvel villain that has. Mm. A, I'm here to take over the world. Right. Uh, I hope they give him a little more than that. But uh, yeah, so far we'll see. It's yeah. a wait and see approach. For me. It, 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 yeah. It's a little shocking, Kyle. Uh, uh, my reaction yeah. was. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to think, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I believe they're just giving a faceless villain a face, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure there's any particular reason why he was included in the show beyond that. Even when he comes back in season five, you're thinking that? I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. It's like, we don't know yet, but yeah, is it just, like I said, a, a, face, to a face to a villain? Yeah, just giving the villain a face. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we can hate him and, you know, read, read <laughs> I love for, for the week the after that, I, w- I was pausing and counting the 13 White Walkers there. Because <laughs> that's what I do with my <laughs> Michelle? I, I think it was awesome. I think it was a really cool move on the part of the show. And it might give us a hint to see where they're going with all these White mm-hmm. Walkers. Because, you know, we had no clue of any of the White Walkers' motivation or how they made new little White Walkers. And now it's just like, oh, you can make them out of babies. Do the babies age? Is he going to stay a little baby White Walker forever? Like, how does, I want to see White Walker teenager. Why <laughs> yeah. not? You know, is there daycare? Whatever. So, like, I just... It's, it's interesting to see that kind of behind-the-scenes look that we don't get in the books at all. And it's kind of a question of, like, okay, so is the entire army made up of Craster's sons? Like, right, where right. is he getting all of these? So it, it both answers questions and it also raises more questions, which I love. One of the things I love that it does, it kind of shocks you back into, like, oh, that's right, there's, like, this entire bigger problem yeah. looming over everything and some of the other stuff, though it matters, might not matter as much as the characters think, which is also fascinating, too. The, the, the political stuff you love, Spencer, kind of those movings around King's Landing, mm-hmm. it, it, it might all be for naught, or is it about... 
how they'll react to that problem in the end is we're learning about those characters now. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I do. I would prefer if they're uh, up against this. If they're going to be a faceless army, let's keep them a faceless army, like mm-hmm. a zombie movie where zombies don't have personalities. They're yeah. just this unstoppable force, and that forces everyone else to unite instead of giving them like we're the Council of Thirteen and we're here to freeze you all, like like Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Mister Freeze uh, style. So I'm hoping we don't go that route. Well, it's ice to meet you. Ice but... to meet you. Oh. <laughs> Now let's talk about Baelish, Sansa, Lysa, Robin, as we'd like to say it, more like the fail of Aaron. (laughs) Michelle, where are we at at this point in the story? Uh, Let's talk about those guys. They're heading up there. Yeah, so I liked this. I loved this entire Uh, Mm storyline. I loved that uh, Sansa and Littlefinger are basically just trying to kind of fight against Lysa the entire time. Lysa has been in love with Littlefinger forever. Littlefinger was in love with Sansa's mother forever. I really like that uh, basically like all of the interaction that uh, Sansa had with Robin mm-hmm. and uh, kind of coming back and then just the the total betrayal of Littlefinger and Lysa. Yeah. Once Lysa turned on Sansa, that was it. Yeah. I think that was the plan from the get-go, though. Mm-hmm. I think he always intended for her to take a take a long fall out mm-hmm. of a small hole. Um, but uh, and yeah, props to Littlefinger. How did you make that sound dirty? <laughs> <laughs> props to Littlefinger for uh, 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 forgetting to where he is today, which is like lord of one of the most secure, well, easily to defend, powerful mm-hmm. kingdoms of the uh, mini mini kingdoms of yeah. the larger kingdom. Yeah, so, the very mm-hmm. You can't attack it, as we learn here, uh, Kyle. When did Littlefinger? start this plan in your mind. Do you think, like, at the time that he and Kat had their problems and he gets cut, do you think he's like, I'm I'm planning something? Gosh, when did he start it? Um, well, we don't know. It's pure we, speculation. Yeah, we don't know, fun. but we know, uh, we figure out here that he's just masterminding everything. Yeah. Or it seems like he got the whole ball rolling on this Game of Thrones. Literally, yeah. Yeah. And we... Um, yeah, he started. He started everything. We learn in this scene, or we learn with Lysa that she wanted him to. Uh, excuse me. He wanted her to poison John, mm-hmm. and she did. And the letter to Catelyn, get Ned out of there. And it's 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 easy to um, put this amazing cloud on Littlefinger that he is this ultimate mastermind and he has everything pinned out. And if he does this, this person's going to do this. Yeah. But in reality, I think he he explained it in the previous season with the chaos as a ladder, right. where he just sort of makes things happen, a bit of chaos, and he learns how to use that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's no, That's an doing. excellent point, because I think he, he just on the fly, he calls some audibles, like Peyton Manning at the line there. I mean, yeah. Definitely <laughs> season Omaha. two. Yeah, definitely <laughs> season two. It's like, he's like, no oh, things are happening, and and the the Heron Hall, he gets Heron Hall, and it's kind of next thing you know, he's heading towards the Vale. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a good point. I, I think definitely he knows what he's doing. The the the, the murder of John Aaron is on his hands, really, yes. which starts it all. But uh, yeah, Baelish is a, as a mastermind, but also means Spencer that he can call things on the fly, right? He's an opportunist, definitely. Yeah. That's a good way to. But put Spencer, him. do you think that he actually wants the throne, or does he just uh, want to be the power behind his it? His end game, who knows? I mean, uh, I guess being legitimized would be nice, and securing mm-hmm. like a family dynasty. That's as much as you can hope for in this world if you're not a king um yeah w- could he end up on the iron throne i don't see it but uh, he wouldn't say no he wants it all yeah i think he, he just wants, wants to get the next step yeah each mm-hmm. time he's just like oh how can i take this one step higher one step higher one step higher and what that is going to end at who knows yeah and we talked about earlier black dress sense as i like to call her this is probably Ooh. the key <laughs> moment for this the character tom cruise legend version <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> Switch over Tim Curry out of the out of the yeah, shadows. Absolutely, key moment. Lysa has pushed out the moon door. The only true witness in this version is Sansa, mm-hmm. and everyone's looking at Littlefinger uh, from the veil, going really. And she steps in. 
with the biggest power play she's made yet. Talk about the growth, Michelle, of, of season one Sansa, the little girl who just wants to marry, to now protecting her aunt's murder. Or murderer. Oh, such a great moment. Uh, just stepping up and saying, yes, actually, actually, I'm Ned Stark's little girl. Oh, but his version of the story is true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I loved it. I think it was so brilliantly done, uh, both for Sophie Turner's uh, mm-hmm. point of view and also just the look that she gives Littlefinger of just like, yeah, hey, what's up? Yeah. I'm in this with That's you. A great mm-hmm. look and a great mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I think- yeah, definitely mm-hmm. just better the devil you know. Um, so she's going to take her chances with this guy who has so far kept her safe and alive, taken her away from Joffrey, uh, taken her out of this bad situation with the uh, ant crazy person. Yeah. Um, so she's going to she's gonna stick with this. She's also learning to be an opportunist. So you, from the best. Yeah. So you're saying there's a little bit of justification for her to trust Baelish and Baelish alone. Trust is a strong word, but yeah. to, uh, to see where this goes. See where it goes. To she she knows what he wants, though. Well, do you right. think she can play him and that she thinks she's taking advantage of him because she knows how he felt about her mother? I think she has learned that she has this nugget of information and that somewhere down the road she can be an opportunist with it as well mm. and use it to tweak him and make him do something somewhere yeah. somewhere in the future. And I, and I still think she was learning the point of Baelish's kiss. Like, it's still kind of this, what's happening? I'm still, Robin just destroyed my snow castle. <laughs> and it's after that. And it's in that moment, like you talked about, that look between her and Baelish is, I think, where it finally clicks in, which might might mean why season five is somewhat disappointing for Sansa fans, because she te- seems to take a step back. Yeah, sure. She takes, like, ten steps back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sophie Turner's promising that season six will be the Sansa story we all want. All so, right. uh, mm-hmm. interesting about that. Our, our next segment is called... Uh, a Lannister something something. Um, <laughs> because at this point, we even have trouble remembering her. Um, let's talk about Cersei. I I joke she's my Game of Thrones girlfriend. Uh, I love her to oh, death. Interesting in some weird brave some man. Weird man. I don't know. I'm not her type. I'm not related to her. I get it. But... <laughs> Don't stick your blanket crazy, man. Have you not heard this? Uh, I have not. I have not. Um, all right, so the big thing happens. She loses her, her firstborn son. or Yeah, firstborn. Her and Robert had one that died, I believe, young. Check me on that fact later. I'm sure you will. Internet. But um, uh, we talked in season one, the moment, Kyle, you weren't here for that episode. We talked about the moment between her and Robert and her saying, was there ever a chance? Robert says, no. You, my heart kind of breaks for her then. Any more sympathy gathered or garnered from you guys here? Her son is dead, or is she just losing it? Going back to Joffrey, it is so hard to have any sympathy when, when yeah. he is part of the, the the thing, yeah. And it is the mom losing the child, but she's got another great son, you know? I, 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 I can't honestly say I felt bad, you know? But, Hail Tom. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, right? Sure, that reflects poorly on me, but yeah, I was no. not sad in that moment. All right, fair enough. Michelle? Um, same. I think uh, then her focus becomes about Marcella uh, Tommen as well, um, just focusing on the rest of her children. Um, I, you know, I just, I hate her. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you can't entirely feel bad for her because she just bought herself, like, five, six more years of being Queen, Queen Regent, Regent, which is what she really wants. She wants to rule through her children, but she'll rule for herself just as easily. Let's talk about Jamie Lannister. Any sympathy for him and his growth? Because he grow, goes through a big growth, obviously. Yeah, he and Brienne are another buddy cop but, um, mm-hmm. uh, journey. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Minus a hand, but watch. plus a conscience. Yeah, you, well, you kind of learn, Jamie Lannister was not, he's not always an asshole. He's, a, yeah. he's loyal to his family, but he's a guy who, at crucial moments in his life, has done the right thing for the good of other people. They right. call him Kingslayer. That's a huge blow to his reputation. But he saved all of King's Landing by stabbing the crazy kid right. in the back. 
So he's got good in him, and we're start the show people are starting to see that. Yeah, and he's got a lot of shades of gray here outside of the controversial uh, uh, scene next to Joffrey's body oh, between right, him yeah. and yes, Cersei. That's, 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 that's a little less consensual than that. in the books. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the one thing that I would say about Cersei, though, um, at least, is. I do feel a little bit for her simply because of her being edged out by Marjorie so skillfully. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I feel bad that she's being edged out. I just kind of feel bad that I feel like she's just watching this going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> like, she just, she's just being outmaneuvered by another woman for the first time. I think yeah. she's used to being outmaneuvered by men, but she's used to thinking of herself as like, kind of just a dude with tits like mm. that's just, as a Lannister and I think now it's like she's witnessing another woman coming in and taking over with her power and I think it's just I think that's that's a blow for her mm. mm -hmm. Kyle should we like Jamie Lannister do you like Jamie Lannister yes I like Jamie Lannister mm. he's got he's got this arc of redemption that uh, I think is enjoyable and I think he's really uh, he lost what he was in his hand which mm. was mm -hmm. him him in his fighting um, abilities and losing that and coming into this world pretty much being reborn I think I, I like the new Jamie and I'm um, I'm excited for his redemption story yeah and I think there will be one uh, the final big thing we need to talk about here let's get back to uh, to it this is uh, the extremely red somewhat gooey viper um, <laughs> and the story of Ober Martell and the uh, Westeros trial of the century which uh, Tyrion is in uh, jail framed potentially for his uh, the murder regicide as it were of his uh, king and his kin um, let's talk about Prince Oberyn Martell what an impactful season Kyle you're pumping your fist <laughs> He's such an awesome character. <laughs> Bring him on. He's such a cool dude, and he just comes in like a hurricane and yeah. just goes out like a you know, blaze of glory. <laughs> like but. a match in a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> he just burns bright enough. <laughs> yeah, of course. He has a noble cause. He's cool. You love him. So you know he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> Fair enough. And, and I think driven by venge vengeance a little bit too much, obviously. But but the path and the journey and the road there was entertaining and fun as hell. Michelle, your thoughts on Prince Oberyn? Oh, love him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, hands down. Uh, he's just great. I mean, obviously, tons of charisma, tons of charm. Um, coming in, just sort of besting. He has a he has a legitimate grudge against the Lannisters for mm -hmm. his sister. Um, and just kind of comes in. And he's a prince in his own right. Um, you know, if not for the Lannisters, like they're basically ruling down in Dorne on their own. So he's really kind of coming in on equal terms with everybody. So it was really just kind of cool to see him just like pricking at the Lannisters all season oh, until the eventual climax. Got a little too close. This is obviously a fan favorite character. Are, are, we, are, are we sad he's gone? He had yes. to go, but, but was <laughs> yes. it worth it story-wise? Did it, did it make all that way a little bit heavier? Was it or was it just a shocking moment for shocking moment's sake? Are you happy with that we had this one character for one it's season? It's regrettable, but it brings Dorne into the story, which yeah. is fun. Um, now we're tied into, uh, talk about vengeance, I mean, we yeah. have all these, uh, the Sand Snakes, all these, mm. uh, these uh, his sisters, and uh, we have the, the whole situation down there that's been a prickly situation in Westeros for centuries, mm. and now it's going to blow up again. Yeah, so worth it then. Worth it. He's he's uh, have a, he has a lot of similarities to Ned Stark, where Ned Stark's death has sort of brought the North into the event, into the what was going on in King's Landing and whatnot. And now that, and now Oberon's Oberon's death sort of brings the South, brings Dorne into yeah. everything. So they have a lot of similarities between the two. Yeah, uh, Michelle, you, 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 you still sad? Could oh, you have I'm, used I two seasons? Over? Could they have stretched <laughs> the story out at all? 
No, I, you know, for you, his I, face. Well, I, <laughs> just soft. Anything, anything more with Oberyn, and I would have been happy. But I mean, he really did. He did kind of serve his purpose because you you got reminded of the fact that the Lannisters had been um, kind of plotting and kind of kind of kingslaying before mm-hmm. any of this even happened. When you've got you know all the atrocities with uh, Rhaegar's wife and kids, and how the sack of King's Landing actually went. Um, and just kind of reminding us that there are actually repercussions for that. And right. so he did kind of serve his purpose in that. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of hate Dorn, so really? I don't really... I thought it was so cool he was a window into Dornish culture, which is like, mm-hmm. there are alternative Dornish ways culture to live. is We're awesome, like, uh, but yeah. once we actually get down there, I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, the actual, yeah. yeah, yeah. Could have been the execution. Like, sure. yeah. Show Dorn's Dorn. a little. Sure. Show Dorn has a, leads a lot to be desired. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Dorn, Dornish culture is awesome, and bring on the Dornish wine. I'm all right with that. Ooh. So you got, you know... Hot women, hot wine. I'm okay with this. This yep. is good. This Absolutely. is fun. Absolutely. Exactly. And we're, we're jumping a little bit ahead, of course, into the, the trial by combat that ends the trial of Tyrion. But uh, it's a great example of how Gra- Game of Thrones sets up stuff and goes for the long play and the long game and just their storytelling. The Mountain shows up in season one. He's mm-hmm. big. He's burly. He kills a horse. He's a different actor. Different actor. <laughs> different First actor in season three. two. Yeah. It kind of fades out, and now he's a major factor in a key story, and, and now, as Frankenmountain, still around. And, and yep. it's kind of a long play in their storytelling that maybe other shows about zombies and stuff don't really do well. Yeah, yeah. and you're right, because I was about to say, but they don't have source material to draw from. No, they do. Oh, yeah, they yeah, do. That's their own fault. <laughs> well, <no>. Walking Dead. <laughs> that was one of the things that uh, drew me to the story originally, mm-hmm. where you, you're introduced to these characters. Like, I think we meet Beric Dondarrion in like, one of the first, first the, yeah. the attorney yeah. Yeah, yeah, right there, and so many people at that tourney and then they don't do anything till books later yeah. and uh, I love that about this story the show does it did it with here with the mountain and I, I find that very intriguing I love yeah. a lot of yeah. fun I like that Barristan Selmy is another good example of that right. you, you meet him in kind of the first season until he's dismissed by Joffrey and then he just vanishes for quite some time right. until he pops back up so two so. big things to talk about left yep. here here and I want to get to we, let's huh? go to the trial and Tyrion the betrayal of Shay, mm. which Oof. basically uh, snaps Tyrion. Um, is Shay? Did she die a villain? In your guys' eyes? Wow. Or was there yeah. some? Yes. Do you understand? On any, yes, yes. You're saying hard yes. So. Yes. Kyle. She she died a villain. I mean, how how can you know after she betrays the guy? She, she, she seemed to really love him in the show. Yeah. And the books is a bit more questionable, but in the show it seems like she really loved him, and she just couldn't stomach the fact that he wanted to send her away to protect her. Right, and then she throws a hissy fit and sleeps with his dad, and that's, goes yeah. on court yeah, and sends him rough. away. How is that? How is that reason enough? We've all been jilted. We've all been in that sure. thing. We run into an ex, and we're like, I'm gonna but we don't. Yeah, exactly. We don't do crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Well, especially if you guys did, that would be a little. Like, that'd, be, that'd be a lot of revenge. I just, I think like Shoshe. This is why I didn't Shoshe. Shoshe. This Shoshé. is why I wasn't a huge fan of. I mean, I get why they portrayed her the way she did, and mm. she actually loved. But I thought the betrayal made a little bit less sense then. Uh, because in the book, it was more just like she was just kind of opportunistic. And she was like, oh, well, this is my better deal now. And now I'm going to get the dad and jewels and everything. And all mm-hmm. I have to do is screw over this dwarf that I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. But in the show, yeah. you really did feel like she cared for Tyrion. So it made that betrayal, I mean, it just, I guess, hurt a little bit more. But mostly just kind of confused me as to, I mean, it was more like, yeah. oh, this is happening because they wrote it down. It was yeah. a fast turn, right, yeah. Spencer? Definitely a fast turn. Did it carry? 
carry the right emotional weight for you at all? Well, it was a different emotional weight, which yeah. was shocking, which was, oh. Uh, and I was questioning, like, oh, was she in on this from the start? It raised right. all these questions that I don't think they meant to raise, which is that, uh, you know, this wasn't a planned thing. She's just a she's a prostitute, and she goes for the money and the glory where, could, where yeah. she can find it. And it's like, in my mind, how long was she with Tywin? Like, yes. this been yeah. going for a while? Yeah. It raises, it raises more questions than I think it wanted to. So, so maybe at this table we're saying she maybe, maybe died a villain. Kyle's a hard yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hands yeah. down. Oh, no, I yeah. still say yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just odd. <laughs> a dad too far. Look, he obviously <laughs> should have, but should have Tyrion taken that deal and taken the black? I mean, or would you if you, if you were in that way? I think she should have taken the money and gotten it. out of King's Landing. <laughs> right, right. If you're in that situation, you snapping and doing the same thing, Spencer? I think that you, you're you like, this is my Emmy moment. Um, I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have some things to say that I got I got the, feel, the whole room to myself. I'm going to give it to everyone with both barrels. And yeah, Tyrion, it's been building up in him for a long time, yeah. and he kind of didn't care about his own life anymore at that right. point. Um, so he was just a man with nothing to lose. I saved you all. I saved this city and all your worthless lives. I should have let Stannis kill you all. Yeah. Oh, you so bastards. Good. Which, of course, leads Tyrion Kyle to doing uh, his biggest power move, mm. killing his father. <laughs> On the party. Yeah. Thunk, thunk. yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Which Baelish foretold early on in the season when he's like, hey, people die all the time at their weddings, dinner tables, on the privy. It's all, it's all there. We should have known. We should have yeah. known. We should have known. known. And the rumor that uh, Lannister us. shits gold. Got to find yeah. out. Right. Yeah. We finally got that answer. Finally got that answer. Um, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a powerful moment. Yeah. And was he going up there to kill him in the first place? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Or did he just mm. go up there, he ran into Shay, and then he's like, well, now I gotta murder my dad. Well, that's a great, okay. <laughs> that's a great point. Well, I mean, Obviously, we're, we're pure, spe- pure speculation at this point. But yeah, he goes up there. If he doesn't, if he just finds his dad sleeping, does he just talk it, talk it out with him? Yeah. Hey, I'm leaving for a while, Dad. See ya. I think he was in a murderous rage. At least yeah. the show kind of plays it that way. That he uh, he was out for revenge. He wanted to really cut ties with his family and yeah. and burn all the bridges, save for Jamie, um, which is different in the books. But uh, yeah. but he just wanted out. And uh, and this is like the final f you. You never loved me. Well. Here's here's the thing you didn't think of, Tywin. A bolt in the bowels. Yeah, dwarf for the bow. <laughs> so he's off and running. He's now uh, going with Varys to to uh, Essos, which uh, takes it to season five for that. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the Watchers on the Wall. We haven't talked much about Jon Snow and the politics of the Night's Watch in this mm-hmm. whole season there that leads to this penultimate moment. He returns. They send him back out. You got Janos Slint, one of the most loathsome characters, trying to uh, maneuver around with Alistair Thorne. Uh, and then it leads to perhaps... Uh, where I think uh, you win or you die from season one is the best episode. Watchers on the Wall is, is certainly up there, right? I mean, it is all Holy up there cow. at the wall. It's it is one. the wall, mm-hmm. the, the fight, Manson and, and his army. Uh, so nicely done. And has the, uh, the death of Ygritte. Mm. Yeah. The rise of Ollie as a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, a lot of things going on there in that episode. And that scene. T- t- Watchers on the Wall, take take me through it, Michelle. Ollie's a great character. Uh, Interesting. Great show character. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't like him. Okay. I just think he's a great character. <laughs> right. You know, he has the motivation from watching the wildlings kill his parents and annihilate his village uh, to being the one, you know, to get the 
the conversation with Sam about doing the hard things and like you know basically can we just mention that all of Ollie's motivation comes from Sam because like <laughs> it seems like everything happens after a conversation with Sam so well done you uh, <laughs> Sam gets his bestie killed pretty right. much okay. I mean he gets the girlfriend killed and he gets the, the bestie killed just shut up Sam God <laughs> go to Old Town already so uh, yeah so basically like Ollie coming in and killing and killing and great and the the best worst moment of that is just that look that he gives John right after like hey I did gotcha, good bro. I got you bro <laughs> and it's cool and he's just like yeah. oh man so and it's also a, it's a shot for shot match when Ygritte kills his when dad his dad yes. yeah. It's, yeah which is it's so very very well done so I thought that was that was one of my favorite moments Absolutely, and uh, um, I love that battle so much. Oh, you talk yeah. about it's earlier, so Spencer. Good. Two words: wildling squeegee. Uh, that thing that goes <laughs> the act, the I would say that word. The 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 uh, uh, just one of the best shots of the series. Such Absolutely. a great idea. <laughs> that was wild. Because it totally makes sense. Yeah. I love but if, it. But if they were a few feet in a different direction, it wouldn't work so well. You know, you go. Yeah, well, they were down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. The logistics of them climbing the wall. To time everything. it just right. Exactly. Yeah. The Dolores exactly. Ed was there going, eh, yeah, no, no. Who no. 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 gets oh. to be the person to winch that thing back up? Yeah, yeah. it's a right. team effort. Team effort there. <laughs> um, which leads to one of my best, uh, most favorite scenes and moments. I have a lot of them in this show, but I love Mance Raider because I like the old curmudgeon guys here in the show here, but I love Jon Snow and him meeting out in the tent mm-hmm. and, mm. and toasting to Meg and Gren and Gren and Mag and yes. Grit. Uh, Great stuff there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get emotional for a moment. Just kind of live in the same <laughs> You do your thing. Um, Sorry, I got some tissues. It, it just speaks so, to me, it's just Mance at his core. Why he, it's a shame he had to go on the show because he is absolutely one of the best characters. Yeah. Maybe could have been the best king. Sure, maybe. Maybe. Um, not that he wanted Not that, that he wanted I was going to say. Uh, yeah. King's, he, he's not a knee bender. Um, but I really thought that that was Jon Snow walking to his death. Um, yeah. I thought that this was... That's what the idea was. The idea was mm-hmm. that this was his moment, his big goodbye, and though it came later, uh, I think that was an interesting subversion. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he is such a... He is a potential likable king just because yeah. he, uh, he doesn't want it. And that, that's the person you want in that role, right? They yeah. always say. The reluctant yes. leader. Yes. The reluctant but hero. But it's interrupted by yep. my man Stannis saving the day <laughs> and coming and taking out the wildings. Because uh, uh, Stannis does what is right. Right? <laughs> right? In your heart. Uh, in my heart. <laughs> he does. Arya heads on. She's going to, uh, she's taking her coin out and finally cashing it in for a ride uh, across the way and on into season five. Um, yes. This season ended, though, with something that didn't happen. Um, that oh. we all thought might have, should have, could have, would have. If uh, you're not, haven't read the books, you don't want to be spoiled by the books, hold on for a second. Um, I'm going to ask this final <laughs> question before we wrap up here. Uh, should Lady Stoneheart have shown up at this point in the show? No. Unnecessary. Yeah, totally unnecessary. No? No? Kyle? Yeah, I guess we didn't really need it. <laughs> it's cool. We don't need it. A little torn, but I was yeah. going to vote yes, but I've been thrown out of the <laughs> Spencer, I'll defer to you. Uh, why? I mean, why? I'll throw that right back at you. Why? Because uh, um, it's cool? Because she's now interacting with, like, Beric Dondarrion right back yeah. down there, which is already a minor character, and believe me, like, everyone's brain has hit the capacity for plot lines at this point, so right. now introducing that people can come back from the dead is... We don't need it. Okay. Okay. Well, Fair enough. We've already been introduced to the fact that people come back from the dead. We don't need another example of it. Mm-hmm. Beric Dondarrion's come back six times. Like, we're good. 
So yeah, I, I have to agree with Michelle on that one. Um, we've already seen it happen, and to hit somebody over the head with it because if then it happens a third time for some strange <laughs> reason, uh, um, it may okay. be a little redundant. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. fair enough. <laughs> Lady Stoneheart will live on in my mind. We're back to close out this show. We like to do uh, some segments as a way how we have the ultimate power moves of the season. All this for you guys weigh in. Number four, Tywin melting down the Stark's family ancestral sword, ice. Into Oathbreaker and Widow's Whale. Stannis Baratheon arrives, overpowering the Wilding Army. Uh, you're probably shocked that I, I, I rated that low. Number two, Littlefinger <laughs> dropping Liza Aaron out the moon door. And number one, Tyron, uh, Tyrion, excuse me, <laughs> killing Tywin. Quite the power move, though it may not have worked out for our favorite imp. It definitely was a bold, powerful move. Any other choices there? No, no. Props to that. I'm all over it. I will add the minor thing of Sansa telling her story to everyone oh, and yeah. backing up. Our, backing uh, up Littlefinger. That's her up. power move. Go. Runner up, for yeah. sure. So, uh, now we're going to do our top three list, and the top three for this time oh, is... Oh, I'm sorry. I need to hold... hold oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. The hound saying he's going to eat every fucking chicken. Yeah. In that place. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the biggest power move of the series. Yes. There you go. Fair enough. Hob. Yes. Fair enough Hob. Every fucking chicken in the stuff. place. Some of the greatest. That when he walks away and they, she has her own horse and he has the chicken. Yeah. One of the best <laughs> moments. Our top three for the list uh, this week is inspired by season four and the death of Ober Martell. So therefore, it is our top three gruesome deaths. Number three, and there's a lot to choose from, but number three in the sequence you're talking about, Spencer, is a hound repeatedly stabbing a Lancaster soldier in the eye with a dagger that he kind of forced his head on himself. Oh, that is there. I took the cleanest picture I could find oh, from that scene. Yeah, he's, he's more stabbing the dagger with his head <laughs> yeah, it's kind than of the reverse. Strike that. Reverse it. Okay, yeah. Uh, number two, Kyle Drogo going back to season one, cuts open Mago's throat and rips his tongue out through it. La, la, la. Gruesome? Ah. Or is it just sexy? <laughs> and number one in this season, what inspired a list, the mountain crushes Oberyn Martell's skull. Yeah. Like this! <laughs> a scene that causes panic attacks and anxiety for everyone around the world. It's tough to re-watch, but it's definitely the most gruesome death. So That's for our honorable cool. mentions, uh, Marin Trant's death later on in season five, Talisa's death, and the death of little Ned Stark little Ned Jr., Stark. or the second... Uh, there's a lot to there. Tyrion caving in the mountain man's face with a uh, shield in season one is also oh, yes. gruesome. The death count, I'll say the names. We can say some nice things on the way out. A lot of people going. Polliver, Joffrey Baratheon, Carl Tanner of Gin Alley, Locke, <laughs> pretty much the Night's Wash, <laughs> Rast, Gren, Pip, Les Aaron, hmm. Oberyn Martell, Egret, Jojen Reed, the mountain, maybe, the hound, maybe, Shay, and Tywin Lannister. Anyone you uh, want to say goodbye to? Wow, Joffrey. Short reign. Mercifully short. Um, he will be <laughs> forgotten and ignored by history, as he should be. God. Oh, God. Oh, Brent, I'm so sad. And Joffrey, I hate you. And Shay's a villain. Shay's a villain. All the way. <laughs> Uh, Valar Morghulis, thankfully. <laughs> For a lot on this list. So that is our wrap-up of Season 4. As much as we could do, there's so much more to break down in every season, but this is a recap getting you ready for Season 6, which starts on April 24th, on April 25th on Screen Junkies Plus, and in podcast form on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. You will find Watching Thrones, where we will be talking about breaking down, reacting, maybe crying, maybe screaming, maybe pumping our fists to Season 6 of 
of Game of Thrones where you can call in and Skype, play along with us, and use the hashtag Watching Thrones to have that conversation with us. I want to thank you guys, Spencer Gilbert, as always, for taking time out to join us. Happy to be here at Spencer J. Gilbert on Twitter, Honest Trailer, Screen Junkies Plus. Absolutely. Michelle Boyd? Yep. Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, at Michelle Boyd with one L. And Kyle, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks for having me, tell, everybody. Tell everybody where they can find you and uh, where your podcast is at. Uh, you can find me at Kyle Maddock on Twitter, and you can find me at a podcast of iceandfire.com. Sounds great. <laughs> Special thanks to Lon Harris for all the research and help, and JTE in the booth, Ryan making us look pretty on the pictures. Ooh. And as always, special thanks to Dark Horse and uh, the uh, for providing the wonderful toys we have here, uh, collectibles that I'm going to uh, be playing with for a long time to come this season. So we'll see you next time on the Watching Thrones.